Ultra. Welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie Back to the Future Part 3, one Clara hanging minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez in the news. And joining us today, uh, for, for the costume designer of Vice Principals, uh, Sarah Trost. Welcome to the show. What up, dudes? Glad we're, we're really excited to have you and to Very talk happy. about uh, the costumes in this movie. I mean, I'm um, excited that you're excited to have me. This is amazing. <laughs> uh all right well today we are going back to minute 101 which starts with uh clara's dress tearing as she hangs from the train and ends with doc catching the hoverboard on his foot yeah totally um, feasible it's a real life thing yeah yeah, yeah. well clara <laughs> clara's clara has a lot going right for them in this, in know, this yeah. sequence it's fine it's fine they're in love it works out yeah <laughs> Clara's dress tearing as she hangs off the train yeah. sounds like a Beatles lyric. Um, I would hope so. That's a Beatles song I would actually listen to. So yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it's horrifying to or watch that dress song. that we. I don't know. <laughs> it's horrifying to see that dress that we love so much getting torn. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah it's true, um, and especially. Um, that period, if it were a dress of that period, it would pretty much rip immediately and she would fall off and die. So because it would either be a cotton or a silk or some sort of natural fiber. So she it would do it. It, it would have ripped within three seconds and she would have been dead. So um, but it didn't. OK, yeah. so we have we have new questions about <laughs> Clara's origin. then. <laughs> so, you know, and like what's even worse is like this girl, this is a woman who's. Everything she owns went over a cliff. She doesn't have a lot left. No, it's true. And like, true. this is, this is probably, this is undoubtedly, I would say the nicest thing that she still owns. Yeah. I mean, she almost went over, you know, Clayton Ravine. So mm -hmm. what do you do? Show Nash. Yeah. It yeah. almost became Clayton Ravine. It's true. <laughs> right? yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, um, <laughs> it's, it, I, I really, I really love this minute of just, of just, pure panic this is just a minute of pure panic oh, no, it's unbelievable it's just it's crazy we got yeah. another great Mar uh, marty michael j fox scream oh so uh -huh. good in between yeah. the emmet i love you and now like you know i'm gonna pass you the hoverboard right yeah. <laughs> you know I, I i wish i wish marty was like i'm gonna pass you the hoverboard i love you doc i love you <laughs> and then he does the exact same he does yeah. the exact same big grin yeah yeah but at, at the same time they're doing like a general a general speed for a locomotive is like 45 to 50 miles an hour mm -hmm. you're doing 80 miles an hour on that locomotive it's insane like i yeah, can't yeah. even imagine it's crazy yeah i feel like spark should be flying off the rails no it just it's just it's just unbelievable i mean but it's so great and i love it so much you know mm -hmm. uh we we bring up a lot about how robert zemeckis has long been attached to direct uh, version of the flash and we, we we talk a little bit about how michael j fox back in the day would have been a great spider-man but can you imagine <sighs> just spider-man just screaming a lot just <laughs> as yes i can i would love it <laughs> i don't care i would lose my mind i love michael j fox so much yeah oh, yeah he's the best 
Uh, so, uh, yeah, the, 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 uh, again, we, we keep talking about this with this train sequence of how Gail is writing these moments where, uh, they keep almost succeeding and then, and then just something, some obstacle shows up, uh, at the last second and, uh, it happens again, I guess, I guess one final time with the, uh, I'm going to pass you the hoverboard and he sticks his hand out and then. <laughs> And then Doc is like, Marty, look out. And then you you smash into that uh, warning that the track is going out. You know, um, it's in a track. You got you to gotta watch out. It feels, it feels like a very conscious decision that they're really trying to one-up the finale of part one. Uh-huh. Like yeah, everything well, about I mean, it, it's, it's, it's bigger, it's faster. It's, yeah, and it's essentially, it's essentially the same formula. And I know that there are a lot of people, which is funny to me, but there are a lot of people who really don't appreciate or like Back to the Future 3, and I can tell those people to go fuck themselves because it's my favorite. Um, <laughs> but it is this sort of terrific love story with like the most fantastic pacing. I mean, like the, the, like the, pa- the points in Back to the Future 3 that they hit are so terrific and just so wonderful to me. It's like... You know, when when Marty comes in and he's like, uh, Doc is like, you know, if the me from the future is the me of the past and whatever, like, how could you possibly know about it, future boy? And he's like, he wrote me a letter and he pulls the letter up. It's great. Uh huh. Um, mm-hmm. And then when he's like, if we could figure out a way to push it. And then they had to have a fucking live locomotive come at the same time down that track and like have the steam burst behind his head to say if we could figure out a way to push it, just the planning of those shots just is terrific to me. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. And, and the fact that whole, that whole scene where he's pouring the, the alcohol into the gas tank of the DeLorean, yeah, like starting from that scene to the train going off behind them is all one shot. Yes. It's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's terrific. Mm-hmm. Um, and then aside yeah. from that, uh, the fact that like I grew up in Northern California, um, maybe 40 minutes away from where they shot back to the future three, like those, those Western scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, my dad and my grandpa, and my grandma all worked on a movie called unforgiven and it was on the same ranch. So it was on the same film ranch that they filmed that. Wow. And we got to be there as little kids and we got to like run around the main street of back to the future three. And he would let us into like the guy who was the security guard would let us into everything. And like, I just, I have such a nostalgia factor and such a love for the wild West. And it makes me so happy. And also the fact that like ZZ top is playing songs and making songs for back to the future. What? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it really does. I, I think one thing that keeps coming up again and again as we as we now reach the end of this trilogy, which is crazy, I think that with time, now that we're sort of a few years away from it than we were when we first started really getting obsessed with pop culture in a way that we haven't before, I think the public opinion on part three is beginning to grow. Uh, yeah, okay. I feel like I feel like there's a little bit of a shift happening because I know for the last like you know fifteen or twenty years that I've loved it. Um, I've always been ostracized for loving Back to the Future 3, but like, mm-hmm. I feel like people are, are kind of starting to come around to the fact that it is sort of like the softer love story portion of, of the trilogy. And I, and I do really, really appreciate it. And I love, yeah. I do love a Western and I do, there's, there's so many fun things about it and like Buford, Mad Dog Tannen and like, <laughs> oh, just everything. Just, yeah. every, I just love everything about it. I, like I if I say enough. Like if I was if I was sitting down with like friends 
and we were like, let's watch the Back to the Future movies. Which one should we watch? Yeah. I think like part two, they're just as much as I appreciate the design and what they're doing. I ju- it's just not fun to watch the Biff horrific stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I agree. So I'm just not looking. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm never looking forward to that part. And but with three and one, there's really no part of that movie I don't enjoy watching again and again. Yeah, I feel like I feel like one obviously like the Back to the Future is the most iconic, and it it is Back to the Future. However, mm. when for me personally, when I go to watch them, it's like Back to the Future three is the one that I find the most entertaining. Like yeah. that's the one that I will watch the most of, and I just and I love it so much. And is it the best? I don't know, but is it the one that's the most fun for me to watch? Yes, Definitely. that's awesome. Yeah. No, I I I think you know we came in the into this feeling generally like we were going to favor the third one over the second one and now that we're on the other side of the, of the third one <laughs> I, we're just like oh yeah i mean it's it's night and day i mean it's yeah. it, um, I, like literally like back to the future 2 is the night and this is the day and it's uh, it's well, it's beautiful it's just it is such a commitment i mean they for i mean for both of them they had to create they had to create different universes for each film um mm-hmm. But this one is so far and away, and they're just the commitment level to the production design, the costume design, everything. It's just, and the music. I mean, it's it's so terrific, and I mm-hmm. I really appreciate it, and I love it. And a lot of people that, don't, and whatever. I yeah, that, I mean, that's that's one of the things that we're learning as we as we go through here uh, with each guest. We we've had so many more guests on this movie comment on <clears throat> costumes and set design oh, and things yeah. with this movie more than any of the, like the ones you know the yeah. ones that have more obvious costume yeah. things going on, like in the second one. Um, all that future stuff. Now you look at it and you're like, well, that's that's a little dated, isn't it? Well, yeah, uh, you're like, you're like, that's fine. But this one, yeah. there's just, there's just something so, I don't know. There's something kind of classic. Romantic. It's like, but it's, there's something sort of romantic about this film, which I really yeah. love. You know, it's, it's like this film feels like the back to the future equivalent to me of like romancing the stone, which is one of my favorites, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, an adventure romantic comedy, which doesn't mm-hmm. exist today. And I wish it did. And I think mm-hmm. it's terrific. And it's much more of a romance than the George and Lorraine thing, which, which yeah, in absolutely. the first film yeah. doesn't feel so much like a romance as it does as like a plot MacGuffin kind of thing. Um, yes. Where it's like <laughs> we got to get these two together. Okay, yeah. good, they're together. I can yeah. I can live now and yeah. and get back to the future. But here, this is a legitimate romance. No, it's a it's a legitimate love story, and it's a departure from Marty, who has been sort of your main. Um, protagonist the entire time. So mm-hmm. it, a lot of people are just like, oh, I don't like it. But I'm like, I think it's terrific. Like, I think it's so great. And it's just so beautiful. And like when they're sitting there with the telescope and talking about like Jules Verne and when she had diphtheria and it's just, it is so cute. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it's oh. fantastic. I love it. Um, so, so getting back to the, uh, the, the minute at hand, um, we had wondered out loud when the uh, when the engineer mentioned that uh, <laughs> you'd have to get the you'd have to get the the boiler up, you know, like really high. I'm talking hotter than the the flames of hell. Yeah. Um, uh, and and now and I wondered what would, what what do flames look like that are hotter than the flames of hell? And uh, we get our answer here. Well, because, yeah. Yeah. It depends. Yeah. Um, 
However, coming from a, a special effects background, my my dad is a special effects, uh, like a pyrotechnician, like a special effects coordinator. So I grew up with um, my dad burning things down and blowing things up and like mm-hmm. all the guns and all the fire and all that stuff. So it depends on what the chemical is as far as like what fire burns. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's, it's really interesting to kind of see that locomotive explode at the temperature in which it does. Um, but it is, it's, it's awesome. It's really great. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's great. And all the steam pouring out of the yes. screws and yeah. or the no, bolts, I guess. It's but- like, I love it so much. Um, and again, yeah, being that the, that was in like the town in which we grew up and they built that track. Um, and also one of the things which is funny, cause I think the second minute, <clears throat> which cuts off, um, right when the locomotive kind of like decimates itself into the Canyon, you can see that there's a split second where the pyrotechnics go off before the uh-huh. locomotive lands. And that's yeah. always driven me nuts ever since I was a child, simply because that's how I grew up. Like mm-hmm. the charges go too early and it's, it's very funny. <laughs> but they're not going to do it more than once. So mm, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but the other thing that I, I really love about this is the juxtaposition of the train basically, I mean, literally exploding. Like it just cannot handle going this fast and yeah. being this hot. Yeah. And in juxtaposition of this little tiny micro machine DeLorean in comparison, right? that's riding the rails just fine. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's great. Yeah. Um, it really shows you how far we've come, you know, yeah. just that uh, DeLorean craftsmanship. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's true. I mean, you, like the whatever the alloy is of the materials that are on the wheels that can sustain that sort of activity of that like that level of speed. Um, mm-hmm. So interesting. Yeah. No, it's really cool to see. Um, I I do have a I have a technical question. Um, <laughs> when when when. Uh, when Marty, when Marty says, uh, uh, Mar- Marty is like, okay, he gets the idea. Cause like the, the hoverboard sort of like jostles, um, after the DeLorean lands out of, after it popped a wheelie, it lands back on the track and it jostles the hoverboard out. And then Marty's like, oh, hoverboard, that gives me an idea. And so he's going <laughs> to, he's going to toss the, 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 the hoverboard, like let the hoverboard like fly to, to dock so he can catch it. And he, he talks into the microphone. It's like, I'm going to pass you the hoverboard. Mm-hmm. And Doc's like, okay. And I'm like, how is Doc hearing that? He doesn't have the walkie-talkie anymore. Yeah, okay. exactly. Exactly. I'm going to slip you the hoverboard. And he's like, okay. Like when Clara was like, I love you, you know, and screaming. Yeah. But then she had to like, you know, honk the horn basically. Um, but yeah, it is, it is very funny. And there are a handful of moments like that, um, which I will forgive because I love the movie so much, but there are oh, a handful yeah, of those absolutely. moments within the film itself. Um, and especially time travel wise that don't make any sense. So, uh, the, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm curious, um, you know, this, this, this is your favorite movie. Uh, but I'm, I'm curious, like, do you Certainly remember not. seeing these for the first time? Uh, the, the first back to the future or any of them yeah. like in theaters or no, where no. your obsession began? Oh my God. Not even in theaters. It was, it was essentially like we lived in Northern California. Um, my whole family's mm-hmm. in the film business, but we lived in Northern California and then we'd come down for the summers and stay at my grandma's house in the Valley in Van Nuys, which is real cute. And, um, we would be on like this random, like 
roll out couch bed and just watch all of these videotapes. So it's, I have two brothers and so, and we're all in the film business and um, now, but we would watch, there's a very select amount of films and they were all like my grandpa's movies basically. And we would just watch all of it. It was like this and it was like a ton of Arnold movies and Conan and like total recall and just random shit. (laughs) And like, it was all of the back to the future movies and we would just watch them again and again because we had nothing else to do in the summer other than like color and like run amok in the streets. And like this, this was everything that we loved. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I had a similar uh, situation with my grandmother watching, watch uh, yeah. staying with her in the summers and just no, watching these so over and over again. Um, I think so we would do that. And the fact that it was filmed, you know, it was filmed not far off from where we lived. And then, um, my, my dad and my grandpa, and my grandma did unforgiven maybe within the same time frame. Um, they were filming Unforgiven, and um, mm-hmm. so we like as little children too. I was like eight or I don't know, eight years old probably, and we're just like running down a railroad track, and then we go to the set and like it's very mm-hmm. funny. Wow, it's yeah. it's like I think we we brought this up before, but the uh, the time travel aspect of this trilogy really does give it a kind of timeless quality in a way that like Grease and like Happy Days and American Graffiti does, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I could agree with that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I I think they're big. I think the, the, uh, the biggest thing that they did that helped them more than you would have thought was that they, extru- they dated 1985. Like they leaned into like the eighties ness of all mm. the 1985 oh, stuff. Yeah, certainly. Right. Making it also a period piece. You know, even though it was taking place in the time that they were filming it. Um, and I think by leaning into the 80s of it all, it made the whole thing be uh, timeless as a result. Because it all just feels like, oh, it's a time travel movie about a guy from 1985. <laughs> no, and it is. And it's so wonderful. And it weirdly, like, just like you were saying, but it's weirdly like it cancels itself out, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Where a lot of films um, try to be timeless and as as a result are not because they, they end up trying to be too fashion forward or too whatever they're doing. Um, for whatever reason, this film really kind of stuck. It, it really stuck the period, but without being overbearing. And it's just it is, I think, why it is so iconic, because it's. Um, it just it really kind of hit that spot without being too overbearing on the year. Oddly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's great. I love it. Absolutely. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think that about wraps up minute uh, 101. Uh, in the meantime, uh, join our Facebook group on, uh, on Facebook, back to the future minute listener preservation society. <laughs> and, uh, and you can join us there and talk about all things back to the future with great. the rest of us. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, Minute 102. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.